Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year. We are back for 2022, the triple deuce. <laughs> That's right. That's what we officially dubbed this, right? Two, two, two. And baby. it's called on. I'm hearing it everywhere. That hashtag's out there. I can't talk to anybody without people talking about the triple deuce. Have you gone to tripledeuce.com? Not yet. We, um, Let me go check this out. Reserve that URL. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you type triple anything into a website, it works out fine. <laughs> Mm. Not coming up? Related links. Pets with a Z. Ooh. Dude shoes for ladies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matt, how was your December? It was good. Nice to get some downtime. You know, this, this podcast, it can be pretty all-encompassing. That's right. You know, I mean, just with all the behind-the-scenes work. and All the, the research you do. All the research I do. <laughs> the handful of research. It can be exhausting. So it was nice to get in my cave a little bit and get away from all the... Get away from your family. Get away from, yeah, get away from all the noise. Part of my favorite part of December, Matt, was that we got to go see the Connells That's together. right. That was a good show. And our wives were there. Yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah. right. But also Troy and Abby Fairbank were there. Yep. It's a really good show. When you've got a catalog like they do, you're doing a hometown show. There's definitely songs that a lot of people want to hear. And then I thought they did just an amazing job of really hitting all the high points. Yeah, I mean, they started with, what, four songs from their first two albums? Yeah. That was really cool. That was. I don't know how many songs off the new album they played. I wanted to hear more. Yeah. That's how much I love mm-hmm. the new album. I want to say they played three or four Maybe off the new album. Definitely a number of songs on that album that would translate really well live. Yeah, but that was fun. It was a good show. That was a lot of fun. And also, had a great Christmas because I got a wonderful gift. I'm wearing it right now. (laughs) Finest Works fans, I got a t-shirt from Matt. And it says, Blues Hammer. Authentic way down in the Delta Blues. That's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. Finest Works songs and Ghost World reference. It's my favorite fake band from the movie Ghost World. (laughs) Which, just look it up, people. It's the worst. (laughs) <laughs> so funny. Also on our underrated albums, Epipod, you mentioned how Troy Fairbank, who is our guest from the Green Day Dookie and also Counting Crows, how he made mixes for friends every year. Oh, yeah. I think I put a little hint out there that I felt a little slighted. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he got the hint. Hey, and not yeah, only did he give me the CD from this year, he gave me the CD from the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah. It was such a cool gift. That was nice. Thank you, Troy. I'm sure he genuinely felt had no qualms about doing that and had no pressure whatsoever no. to, to do that. That's right. <laughs> Matt, what is it that we do here on Finest Work Songs? On Finest Work Songs, we love to just talk about a great album each Epipod, whether that's an album that is universally loved and universally acclaimed, or it's something that's a little bit deeper into a, an album collection that you know you or I think is great and should be considered classic sometimes we are on the same page with some of these albums sometimes we're not but it's a fun way to spend some time talking about music which we both love so much but also it's about more than music it's about the fans yes if this is your first time joining finest work songs one thing we love to do is read some of the emails that come in from the listeners in a little segment we call kenny gmail This Kenny Gmail comes from nut.eve at hotmail.com. I don't know if that's his or her name or what, or nickname, Nut. Hey, Nut. The question is, and this uh, this is a really good one, is anyone here in a position to recommend sexy nightwear? Thanks. (laughs) Is anyone here in a position to recommend sexy nightwear? In this room? No. (laughs) Well, Valentine's Day is coming. A lot of people are looking for that sexy nightwear for Valentine's Day. Matt, do you wear sexy nightwear to bed? Boxer shorts and socks. Does that count? One of those like 
full length dressing gown type oh, nightgowns. Yeah. Oh yeah, but really tight, really, really tight, and, <laughs> and really sheer. <laughs> Gross. Gee, <laughs> it's time to jump in to this album. Today we are kicking off season six with the debut album by Boys to Men. As always, before we jump into the music, we like to start with our memories. Matt, what is your memory of Boys to Men? Cooley High Harmony. When this album came out, we've talked about before, like R&B and hip hop, that was not in my wheelhouse. But you cannot escape Boys to Men. No way. Nor would you want to. No. I'm old enough to remember pretty clearly New Edition. And mm-hmm. I even had like some New Edition albums. I haven't had that experience with New Edition. When Boys to Men came along, I was like, oh, this is just like the next better version of New Edition. (laughs) So it also takes me back to a time where I could walk into like the bathroom in in high school and there'd be guys like in there singing and like rapping and and doing, you know, doo-wop and and which- Where'd you go to high school? (laughs) I did not go to school in the 1950s. I'm just saying that. Um, Did you go to the fame high school? (laughs) I did. I don't know if boys to men spurred that or if like they were a product of that. I remember being blown away by by Motown Philly, that new Jack Swing feel to it. Their music really does capture and hold a a spot in time for someone of our age growing up, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What about you? What's your your memory of Boys to Men? So, Matt, I used to box. Oh, that explains your face. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) dang. dang. (laughs) I was pretty good. Became the champion of the world. How do do I not know this? For a little bit. I don't know. It seems like... Pretty big deal. Probably hanging out in the bathroom with the do-up boys. But yeah, I was I was kind of done with boxing, mm-hmm. but then this Russian guy came over. They were just showing him around as, as the most elite athlete ever. Mm-hmm. My friend, former enemy, good friend, challenged this Russian guy. Just an exhibition bout, yeah. you know. So just be kind of fun. And my friend, man, he came into the ring like dressed like Uncle Sam. They had James Brown living in America playing. And he was kind of just bouncing around. But then this Russian guy, man, he starts taking things too far. He took it seriously. Yeah. Wouldn't back down. But my friend said, hey, no matter what, don't stop the match. And so I listened to him. Even after this Russian guy is just pummeling my friend. Man. But, you know, he said, don't stop the match. So I didn't. The Russian guy killed him. Oh. So my friend died. And I didn't like that because it was an exhibition bout. And the guy went too far. Yeah. And he murdered my friend. Yeah. So I decided to fight him myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's in the Soviet Union on Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah. Did you have to prepare hard for this match? Yeah. The only thing was all I had was like snow. The music informer. <laughs> so that's what got you pumped that up. Was my- <laughs> that, was- that was your yeah. pump up music. So that's all I did was walk around listening to that jabbing at the air. <laughs> <laughs> no i was out there in the snow like in like siberia kind of thing yeah like siberia i was like boxing with moose and the russian guy man he's all high tech he's got like robots and computers probably ahead of its time from a fitness and nutrition standpoint he was like a robot but i'm out there you know building snow forts and <laughs> <laughs> i could see you probably doing like upside down curls hanging from rafters of like barns and that's right crap like that I sure was yeah, yeah. chopping down trees yeah. and then lifting yeah. them back up <laughs> <laughs> 
fight day comes, Christmas Day, obviously the home crowd is on <laughs> the side sure. of the Russian. Yeah. We go out there, and he just takes me to town. Mm. But then I'm the comeback kid, man. Towards mm-hmm. the end of the second round, I just start laying in some punches, and he bleeds, <gasps> and the whole crowd gasps because... I think they really thought he was a robot. Yeah, right. <laughs> we go 12 rounds, man, and wow. we are going back and forth. The crowd, actually, they love me. They start cheering for the American. Wow. Towards the end, we're both exhausted, but I see an opening. I lean back to hit him, and I said, it's the end of the road for you. And he was like, wait, before you throw this punch, have you heard that dope track from? <laughs> I wish I could do a Russian accent. <laughs> oh, no, you're not? I think you're nailing it. <laughs> From the American acapella wonderkins boys to men. Man. And I was like, no, but I will after I take care of business. Boom. And I hit him. Yeah. I win the match in the Cold War. Wow. Yeah. That match ended the Cold War. Well, after that, I went down and I knocked down the Berlin Wall. Whoa. <laughs> I punched it down. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> But as soon as I got back in the States, you know, my family was there waiting for me. They're like, Dad, you know, want to yeah, give me a hug? And I was like, hey, yeah, hold on, nice. hold on. And I ran to the CD place in the airport and, <laughs> and picked up this album. Man. Yeah. What a rocky road for you to get to <laughs> to that point. I remember seeing that movie in the theater. Did people cheer? I don't remember. I bet they did. In my memory of it, people cheered. I remember walking out of that theater like. Pumped up. Pumped up. I was nine yeah. when I saw it. Yep. And this is, we've talked about before, 80s kids. In the midst of the 80s, everything was about getting those Russians. Mm-hmm. Today, living in a world where even something like this podcast, someone in Siberia could conceivably listen to it like at the same time that anyone here downloads it or listens to it. I don't know if there was that thought like in the 80s that, oh, well, they're never going to see this movie anyway. So we can be as pro-American, anti-Russian as we want to. Or if they do see it, That's the message we want to convey. We just seem so like oblivious. It was almost this idea that, well, of course they're going to want the American to win. Yeah. Even this idea that if you're this 12-year-old kid in Russia, you're going to watch it and be like, yeah. Well, yeah. He was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He killed him. He was on steroids. Yeah. He didn't care. He was fighting for the state. And meanwhile, here's Rocky. Voice of freedom. A big eagle carried him in there. He (laughs) rode on the eagle's back and just jumped off into the ring. Eating cheesesteaks and punching big old slabs of beef. And then cooking it. Yeah. Gosh, what if he punched the beef and then he like grilled it up? (laughs) Be awesome. Let's get started with this album. Released in 1991, and we'll get into their story a little bit. They'll get into their story a little bit, as they tell it, in Motown Philly. (laughs) The album kicks off with first track, Please Don't Go. Hey, baby. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Please don't Slowly, my eyes begin to see that I need you near and with me at all times. Yeah, my feelings are so deep for you that I. my name I'll reach out my hand 
just not often that we see each other. That's why I cherish every moment that we spend together. We got the leader, Nathan, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of the de facto oldest and leader, Wanye Morris and Sean Stockman, mm-hmm. and that deep voice that you heard, oh, yeah. Michael McCary. <laughs> it's so fitting that he starts off the whole album. It's been done so many times. It's been parodied so much. Right. I can't help but kind of like giggle anytime I hear something like that. Yeah. At the same time, I love it. It makes me smile to have that kind of element to a song. And it works. In this song, I don't hear that and think, that's oh, dumb. That's dumb. Get to the music. Cheesy. It fits. I love when he's talking and they're like harmonizing in the background mm-hmm. over him. Yeah. You mentioned their given names, right? which is you know key, but in this album, in the liner notes, they were given like nicknames for each one of them too, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Michael Bivens from Belle Biv DeVoe, it was his marketing idea, like we should give these guys a nickname. So Wanya was Squirt, <laughs> Sean was Slim, Nathan assumed the name Alex Vanderpool. Oh yeah. What do you think Michael, what do you think his nickname was based on what you've heard so far? I don't know, Deepy? <laughs> Good, good. That's close. It was bass. Come on. Yeah. It, get more creative. Unless I'm mispronouncing it. It was really bass. bass. It's like, it like a fisherman persona. <laughs> but they don't need nicknames. They don't need a gimmick. They're just that good. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to go through by the order of singles released because that really explains our experience with them and right. the world's experience with them. But we like to take the album approach. Yeah. And I think it's actually helpful because this is who they are. Yeah. It's not necessarily who I thought they were at that time. Right. But it's who they are. Yeah. When we yep. get into Motown Philly, that's who we thought mm-hmm. they were. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into the album, it's like, no, these they're R&B. They're not New Jack Swing. New Jack Swing was kind of the what got them attention. Mm-hmm. I also love that... <laughs> The album starts, hey, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I never meant to hurt you. Like, <laughs> things are not going well. Yeah. We've got to write a song. Like we've talked about with whether it's you know Adele or Taylor Swift. It's like yeah. th- these albums have these narratives that kind of take you through a relationship. Oh, there's ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys. There's things that have happened throughout. And we're getting the full story. Now they're just jumping in like, eh, I screwed up. Track two starts. Mike? Yeah, baby. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> things are either going amazingly or someone's leaving. Yeah. There's no just hanging out watching TV. No. There's no like Mr. Belvedere's on. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. Let's, let's just hang out and eat some donuts and watch Mr. Belvedere. Was he a butler? He was a butler. Yeah. Like a British butler? Yeah, a British butler for some like middle class family. What? Really? I think so. You're not middle class if you have a butler. <laughs> have you been to my house? <laughs> I'm the butler. (laughs) Charity will hear that and be like, you are not the butler. That assumes you do stuff. Our buddies and former guests, Jeff Wood and Matt Wood. Oh, did they have a butler? No, but their house was always the house that we went to. Okay. Amazing family, amazing parents, but it was kind of like, we're going to eat dinner, then you can go out. You know, yeah. whereas yeah, yeah. meanwhile, I'm like, I'm leaving. Bye. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, out the door. Yeah. Theirs was the house that we had to go to and mm-hmm. kind of launch from. But every time you went, no matter what, their dad answered the door. Okay. And so our buddy, Matt Drain, nicknamed him the butler. And that was just his nickname. <laughs> That's awesome. The butler. Because he, <laughs> he was the one who answered he the always door. Answered. Yeah. The boys never answered the door. The mom never. It wouldn't. I don't think it was anything. It was just like he was always there hanging out. Jeff and Matt's dad, did he also like take their coats? <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. It's funny how like some houses end up like that. It wasn't necessarily the same thing with me where like everybody hung out there, but like my friend Stan's house, that seemed to be the launching point 
when yeah. we would do things. Part of that was he was the drummer, so his drum kit was always there. Yeah. So if we were going to play any music, you had to go there. Mm-hmm. But it also was kind of like he had more siblings than I did in the house at the time. So there seemed to be like more energy in life when you went over there. And we had a couple friends who lived a couple houses over. So it seemed to be just like a lot of activity. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's weird how that happened. Some houses end up that way. I think the thing with Please Don't Go, because this wasn't, again, you mentioned it. We sort of got immersed in Boys to Men initially with Motown Philly. In some ways, Please Don't Go is kind of, it's the somewhat generic, innocuous R&B slow jam. Yeah. It also is pretty hooky, too, for a debut album. This wasn't a song written for them. This wasn't Babyface or Michael Bivens giving them a song to start with. They're not just talented vocalists. Yeah. It speaks to them wanting to project who they are Mm -hmm. with this first song. So, All right. Next song we're going to cover is their third single, track number four. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, Injection, fellas. had the heat on in here (laughs) matt i'll let you start what do you have to say about this (laughs) what's interesting about like a song like this is you'd mentioned before uh, like on our christmas epipod was it onyx yeah the onyx cd that's right and it was like laying around your mom would look at it and all bets are all you you couldn't that one's going that one's gone boys to men like you're not looking at this album and you're not hearing motown philly or end of the road and thinking oh man this there's nothing wrong with any of that no 14 years old and you listen to this you're like oh there's something going on here (laughs) these aren't boys these are men yeah this is the two men part (laughs) dude i love that countdown in the beginning yes it's so good getting back to like guys doing acapella in like high school bathrooms that's the kind of stuff you would hear it was like random countdowns oh i thought you meant this song i was like oh you're walking in there going uh Uh, You're like, I'll use the other bathroom. (laughs) I don't know what's going on in here. This also is the the reputation of of R&B, Jodeci, and bands like that that were singing about sex. Sometimes it was really disguised. Sometimes it wasn't. Jodeci from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I need a button, like a ding. Yeah. Some of the recurring things is that Matt always finds a way to tie it back to North Carolina. You're welcome. The son of Dunn. That's right. Dunn, North Carolina. So this was... Only number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100, but it was the number one single on the R&B slash hip-hop, which is also funny. It speaks to that time that R&B slash hip-hop, those are two. Slash gangsta rap, slash, it was like, what? These are all different things. Before, I don't remember at what point it switched over from being called the Black Charts. Black Charts. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then they're like, okay, well, we realize that's wrong, but we're going to put R&B and hip-hop together. We're going together. to put everything that you do in one yeah. chart. You know. Gosh. Man, speaking of that, 
I was looking at interviews. Uh-huh. They were on Leno. And, you know, they, they have their style of dress. Yeah. Deliberately, they went for this preppy look. And they wanted the moms to think they were really nice gentlemen before they, they sexed their daughters. <laughs> That's right. They wanted to fool you. <laughs> <laughs> but Leno talks about how they're dressed. And he goes, my mom would say, oh, God, see, they're dressed so nice. Even their response was a little bit hesitant. Because it was just openly on TV, they. Yeah, they. That's like something my granddad would have said. The underlying, well, look yeah. at them. They are dressed nice. Yeah. They're yeah. basically saying they're not thugs yeah. or worse. It was on TV. I'm like, that was our childhood. And yeah. I know like we've done a lot of looking at where things are and yeah. where things, how far things have not come. Still, that shocked me. That's that, crazy. Oh, he's really smart. Yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that kind of... Backhanded compliment. Yeah. That really isn't... Anyway, wow. back to uh, what they're wearing in this video. <laughs> Have you seen the, yeah. you seen the video? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. In this video, so it starts off, they're all in a room, a wardrobe, mm-hmm. half naked. Yep. And I'm like, so they all live together. Sure. Apparently yeah. in this mansion. Yep. And then the rest of it is basically this kind of party where yeah. there's a ton of girls and just a few of them. Yep. They have four different suits that they wear. Sure. In three different robes. If they're wearing a robe at all, there's some shirtless action going oh, yeah. on. Everyone is wearing silk. There's a silk tie. Yeah. Between like the robes and the ties and the boxer shorts, this has more silk than the Tang Dynasty <laughs> 5,000 years ago. The Silk Road led to <laughs> the Boys to Men Mansion. <laughs> but it is so uncomfortable. And that reminds me of how silk ties and silk boxer oh, yeah. shorts were a big deal back uh, then. Silk sheets. Gross. Did you have silk sheets? <laughs> Did I have silk sheets? <laughs> What was the bathroom budget for this between them and the rest of the women that were there? Well, the women weren't really wearing bathrooms. No, no. They were wearing other stuff. What if that's like boys to men's writer for any video? It was like, <laughs> we really want, you know, girl asparagus and all this. And we also need a hefty bathrobe budget. Yeah. But man, that early 90s R&B though, we were in high school. What we saw of sex was MTV <laughs> R&B. Yeah. So that's like, right. you would equate silk. <laughs> Right. I had silk ties. I mean, their look in this video, I'm like, yeah, that looks like what I shopped for. It's fun. <laughs> not the robes, not the robes, but the suits yeah. and the ties. Oh, that yeah. was the style that back was then. The style. It, structure, man. Structure. structure. Did y'all have structure? We did have structure. Well, I didn't have any done. I had to go to Fayetteville for Raleigh for structure, but yeah, structure was it. Even in the early college, structure was still big. And, and uh-huh. I remember you know, the multi pattern shirts. We're still big. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if Matt and Jeff Wood and Doug were here, they would be ripping on me because I had that whole structure look. Did you? Yeah. yeah. You did get you, a did hat you have, to match. Did you have the um, a sweater sport, vest? A, a sport coat with like stiff shoulders, shoulder pad kind of thing. Uh, pretty broad. Thankfully, I never had that. Yeah. That reminds me of. Color Me Bad? Yeah. yeah. Color Me Bad. Yeah, that I mean, reminds me of Color Me Bad. You said like what we knew about romance was from R&B. I immediately, for better or worse, think of Color Me Bad. You turn on the TV and you've got guys wearing silk. This is what you hear. (laughs) They always like paint a picture. This is what we're going to do. This is is how it's going to go down. I'm going to pour a glass of wine. I'm going to light a candle. We'll put on some music. I'm going to disconnect the phone, which uh-huh. is very timely. Now they yeah. would be like, I'm going to silence my phone. So, yes, if you've come to this show for sexy nightwear recommendations, I think we may have f- yeah. figured it out. Silk, baby. Yeah, silk. That's where it is. <laughs> Get the silk on. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should move on. <laughs> so after this song, then they get a little bit more sincere. How do I? Thank you. 
course correct after the last one your mom walked in and was like what's this and you like skip to the next track oh no it's just acapella yeah yeah it's just acapella that was their warm-up it's it's here comes trouble (laughs) i mean this shows their talent oh my gosh they are so freaking good every sort of acapella group that's come after is trying to chase the sound yes this perfection and talent when we say acapella we're not talking about pentatonics Yes, (laughs) Yes, jeez. <laughs> Michael McCary is not sitting there like doing all these dumb noises with his mouth. They're doing harmonies. They're doing four-part harmonies. Gosh, that college acapella. I mean, it's the pitch perfect stuff. Over Christmas, we talked about, you know, our Christmas breaks, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're driving around and listening to the Christmas channels and there's one fairly famous acapella song and it's eight white guys doing acapella. They're doing like a Christmas medley. Oh gosh. And then in the middle of it, they go into Toto's Africa, the words are, you know, like 12 days of Christmas. What stands out to me, and I was pointing out to my middle kid, and she thought it was hilarious, the crowd goes nuts every time they, like, break into, like, a different song. Yeah. Now I look back, I'm like, this is cringeworthy. I think that's part of what bugs me, too, is just the whole culture is very cringy. <laughs> People cheering. And also, dude groups love Africa by Toto. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like they're always singing that. <laughs> There's a reason that the movie Pitch Perfect is funny, because right. it's true. Right. This is originally a song written by a Motown husband and wife team for a 1975 film called Cooley High, Mm -hmm. partly where the album title title comes from. That husband and wife team made a lot of money (laughs) after they redid this. Yeah, they did. It's number two on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the R&B. So now they've got two number one on the R&B charts. Mm -hmm. Aside from Motown Philly, which we're going to do next, Mm -hmm. this is one that I remember being everywhere oh yeah a couple years after this song comes out we talk about senior quotes and we talk about senior songs like class songs yeah when my high school class was voting on a senior class song and it really speaks to the time we were in i might be wrong so if any of my classmates are out there want to correct me on this but or teachers or teachers teachers i'm sure they are i'm sure (laughs) there were two maybe three songs that really came down to the final choices garth brooks the dance <laughs> this was an option it's so hard to say goodbye when you're leaving high school oh, you know? this is perfect and uh end of the road two boys two to men boys songs, to men songs and then garth brooks i think in the end we narrowed it down to one boys to men song and garth yeah i want to say it was like 51 percent to 49 percent and the dance by garth brooks ended up winning boo <laughs> so you know that speaks also to like how massive and how huge the song Garth was. Brooks. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, Garth Brooks. Yeah, I am Garth, yeah. Garth Brooks. Um, <laughs> Man, are we ever going to review Garth Brooks? I hope so. Or Chris Gaines. Or Chris, Either way. Chris Gaines. Either kind of, you know, yeah. um, yin and yang. <laughs> Do you remember the video for this? Solemnly walking around the house. Whoever's not singing is in the background looking so sad. So sad. Yeah. They're showing people who, who had died. As I'm watching it at one point, you know, it's like this person, that person. And then they show... Miss Piggy and then Jim Henson <laughs> to make the tie yeah. that Jim Henson, because yeah. otherwise maybe people wouldn't know who he was. But right. I immediately thought, I was like, wait, Miss Piggy died? <laughs> right. <laughs> How did I miss that news clip? Yeah. This feels like one, like you, you mentioned 
the doo-wop boys in the bathroom. (laughs) Uh, I think that there's a big uptick, it seemed, in acapella singing and and people sitting around singing because of this and because of just early... I remember me and Eric on the bus to ski trips or to track meets. In the back of the bus singing, doo-wop, We'd be harmonizing with everything from boys to men to silk. (laughs) Silk? Yeah, I mean, we didn't do Freak Me or anything. All right, next track we are going to cover was the world's introduction mm. to Boys to Men, Motown Philly. Yo, fellas, y'all ready to do this? place to stop i know it's so good i just love this idea it's like we need your origin story here it is <laughs> we're gonna sing it for you <laughs> verbatim but it was brilliant it was in the video you see immediately a connection to bell biv devoe there's immediate street cred through bell biv devoe there's a legacy connection to new edition and yeah it's not like oh they're just some new group like they've got legs but even the story is so charming Mm-hmm. Back in school, we used to dream about this every day. Yeah. You know? So it's this heartwarming story of how they made it. Mm-hmm. It's told by Boys to Men, but really it's told by Michael Bivens in yeah. the bridge. Also, not that part, but the first part, he says, from the toilet. Do you remember that? Toilet. In the video. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stall door right. opens and he's reading the paper. <laughs> Do up happens in the bathroom. You're That's right. That's right. You're yeah, right. I'm on to something. Yeah. They're also painting a picture about you know, where they're from. Even with the, all the Philly cheesesteaks you can eat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just <laughs> hilarious to me. But like, it baffles me in some ways that this isn't the album opener. Because it seems like such an easy song to have started the album with. Introducing the world to Boys Men, which they did as a single. But I think the point you made earlier, this isn't really this isn't Boys to Men. No. Where do they go if they introduce it with that? Yeah. The rest is a letdown because you're expecting right. more of this. And instead, they start off with a couple of slow jams, which is really who they are. Yeah. By the end of the song, you feel like you know the band and yeah. like them. Mm-hmm. You see that they're really talented. You hear their story. It's a brilliant way to start. Every band should do that. 
And Every again, band should tell a their origin story. Origin story. <laughs> and again, they're not too hard. They're not too soft. I mean, they're right. they're kind of they're sexy. preppy. Which speaking of that, I was watching the video the other day. I thought, how many outfits do they wear in this thing? I thought that the uh ah video with yeah. the robes uh-huh. that was a lot of outfit changes. Matt, I counted. Uh-oh. They have twelve distinct outfits. <laughs> distinct yeah different looks around the birthday cake they got their matching ties and jackets they've got casual wear out on the corner they got the striped cardigans and bow ties yep. in the temple university dorm room out by the philly stakes place they got that casual they got their bright colors their pastel button-ups suspenders and tie i mean i could go on and on yeah. 12 distinct outfits whatever look you're going for we're yeah. not going to peg these guys down they're right. going to be preppy, but they're going to be all over the place. You know, the flip side of that is, no matter what your look is, you fit in too. If you're preppy, that's boys to men. You're going to love it. If you you know you got silk robes, boys to <laughs> men, and everything in between. One of their looks is the jean shorts mm-hmm. that kind of go down to your knee. Yeah. Man, those were big. Oh, yeah. I had those. And that was that whole, like, you wear these jean shorts with a braided belt. Yep. Tuck in your button down. Mm-hmm. Silk, probably gross <laughs> from structure. That was the look, man. These guys influenced my look. I didn't do the um, the bow tie. Please tell me there are photo evidence. Oh, yeah. I got, I got yes. you. I got you covered. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about their story. They went to a high school for the creative and performing arts. The fame high school. Yeah. Essentially. The fame high school, essentially. <laughs> which they tell us in the song. Mm-hmm. And the guys had a group called Unique Attraction. Which is a great, great name <laughs> for a band. It's for terrible. A group. It's so bad. <laughs> Wanye was only a freshman. He got to join, which makes sense because he has an incredible voice. They mm-hmm. all do, but he's yeah. the one who really can go off. Right. And then they recruited Sean Stockman. There was a guy named Mark who left the band <laughs> to do a solo career. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> after they became uh. Boys to Men, after they had approached Michael Bivitt, like So yeah. they were on their way, and yeah. he left. I don't know <sighs> about that choice, Mark. But they were practicing harmonies in the bathroom. Yeah. Michael McCary came in and started singing along, and then they were like, yeah, come on. There was an event and Belbo DeVoe was hosting. Long story short, they somehow, you know, Mentos their way backstage. And <laughs> That's a throwback <laughs> reference. And then they, uh, they sang for him and they sang a new edition song for him. Right. And also they, you know, he's like, what's your name? And they were like, it's Boys to Men, which is the last new edition song on the last album. Kind of think there's a little bit of a flattery going on. Yeah. But at the same time, they were the real deal. Yeah. They were going to become Boys to Men, it seems like, no matter what. Right. But just such a cool story that, you know, here's this guy who had been in this teenage group. He kind of took him under his wing and, and they weren't the only act. He had 16 acts. 16. Yeah. And you could find it and see it in a video called One for All for One. It is amazing. Okay. It's rappers, singers, vocal groups, and everybody gets a turn in this song. Wow. Go on YouTube. It opens up with a kid who pops out of a manhole and says, my name is Fruit Punch, but I don't get out much. <laughs> he's not good. Turns out he's like Michael Bevan's cousin or something like okay. that. Another bad creation, yep. turns up. The woman from Community, Yvette Brown or something, uh, Yeah, she's in it. Wow. One kind of frumpy white dude is in there, and you're like, where did you come from? Like, what? It's like he is throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. There's a group called White Guys, <laughs> W-H-Y-T-G-I-Z-E, they're in there. Which is ironic because that was the original name for this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is because if you watch the video from Motown Philly, they have these like yearbook shots. Mm-hmm. They show ABC. They show Belbo DeVoe. Like they'll walk by and kind of snap a picture and, and you see it. Yeah. And there is a group of five white dudes and Michael Bivens kneeling down. 
and they are called Sudden Impact. Okay. They point. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah, yeah. And so I saw that and I was like, what's up with these guys? You know, I never heard of them, but they were in the video for Motown Philly. And I look it up. They never became a band. How did they end up in this Formerly, they were white guys, and then they became Sudden Impact. (laughs) You know, but they ended up in this video, and then you never heard from them again. That's not crazy. It's not even like Wild Orchid or some one of these like girl groups where one of them ends up being a black eyed pea or something like that. Right. It's just right. no. nothing. Where's Fruit Punch today? Well, I'm sure we'll do a Fruit Punch. Oh, at least one ep- episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Motown Philly, twelve outfit changes. Also, their dancing is incredible, mm-hmm. and we never see them dance again. That's true. Is there any song after that that's fast? Not that I remember a video for. No, me neither. The beat with that song. That New Jack Swing? Oh, my gosh. It's the Poison beat. Exactly. I know it's attributed to Teddy Riley as originating from him, but Mm -hmm. between 1988 and 1993, that beat was on the radio all the time. And that... That, man, if you need to explain the early 90s to somebody, just play that beat. Just play that. Tell me bad. They had a fast one, too, not just, I want to sex you up. I think they did. Yeah. Let's see. All for love. What was all for love? All for love? love was fast. This is an old Motown song. It's got to be, right? That, I mean, that's what we make. Top songs for Color Me Bad on their iTunes. I want to sex you up. Sure. All for love, I adore me and more. And then it's, I want to sex you up. Remix. I want to sex you up. Acoustic. I want to sex you up. Single. It's just <laughs> off of different albums. <laughs> I want to sex you up. The thing about Color Me Bad was always like, it's like we need a guy who looks kind of like George Michael and kind of like Kip Winger. <laughs> <laughs> the album originally ends, I think, within the still of the night. But in mm-hmm. 1992, Boomerang came out mm-hmm. and Into the Road was on there. Which Boomerang was hilarious. Yeah. That movie's so funny. Into the Road is on there. When they did a kind of repressing, they put Into the Road on there. Which is a brilliant move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl, you know we belong together. I'll have no time for you to be playing my heart like this. You'll be mine forever, baby. You just me. Belong together, and you know that I'm right. 
I love that they repeat the course every time. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned before, Adele and Chasing Pavement mm-hmm. does that. I just think with the right song, just repeating the entire course can mm-hmm. have such a cool impact. You want to hear it again. Yeah. They could do it three times and no one would notice. Yeah, right. How many proms ended with this song like oh, at the yeah. end of the night in the 90s? 13 weeks at number one. It broke a record. It, and it was only broken later by Whitney Houston with I Will Always Love You. Wow. Which then, Boys to Men matched Whitney Houston with I'll Make Love to You. Right. 14 weeks at number one in 94. And then Mariah Carey and Boys to Men got 16 weeks at number one with One Sweet Day. Boys to Men, man. Unstoppable. Pretty unheard of type success for a group like that. In a uh, short period short of time. Short time. I don't remember which song it was, but one of their number ones mm-hmm. was knocked off by another one of their songs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were the only people since Elvis or the Beatles to yep. do that. This was the number one single of 1992, according to Billboard. Does not surprise me at all. Mm-mm. It was everywhere you went. Did they write the song? No. Okay. Babyface, two other guys, Daryl Simmons and this record executive, L.A. Reid, I think his name was, but Babyface, yeah. he has 26 number one R&B hits, 12 Grammys. Let's see what else he wrote. He wrote Bobby Brown's Roni. Well. One of our heroes. Yes. <laughs> Roni. He wrote and produced some of the hits on Crazy Sexy Cool, TLC. Okay. Man, we should do that album. Yeah. Those guys made a lot of money mm-hmm. off of this song alone. Gosh. Yeah, you, when you mentioned you know, I'll Make Love to You, I think there are times in my, in my mind I pigeonhole boys to men in this era, and I don't give them enough credit for the longevity that they had. I mean, they're still performing still today as a trio. In fact, Matt, uh-huh. they are playing in Durham this Sunday. Uh-oh. As of the release of this podcast, you still have time to get tickets to see boys to men playing at DPAC. Guys, if you're listening, we'll <laughs> gladly accept some free tickets. Actually, what we should do, Matt, is sneak backstage. Minto style. We'll find Nathan Morris, uh-huh. and we will sing for him. Yes. They'll pass the torch to us. Yes. White guys, <laughs> oh too. Gosh. Can you imagine how many people have tried oh to find them, thinking that they'll make us famous? It happened for them. Clearly, they'll want to do it for someone else. Their reign continued. This album was huge, but then they came out with an even bigger album. Two sold more than 12 million copies. This one sold like nine. There's a case to be made for us doing the second album because it has on bended knee it's got i'll make love to you and it has my favorite boys to men song okay i think it's their best song water runs dry i know that's controversial because i like it better than end of the road okay but i stand by it okay listeners so one thing we do is challenge one another if you had to remove a song from an album which one would it be so matt you're gonna go on vacation and boys to men is gonna switch suitcases with you (gasps) Unless you remove a song, and you'll have to wear all their silk. Oh my gosh! For your whole vacation, which actually sounds pretty cool oh, to be so. walking around dressed like boys to men on vacation. <laughs> That's what's going to happen if you don't remove a song from Coolie Har Harmony. So if you had to, which one would it be? Only because I feel like they get into this kind of a rut of the same sound here in the early part of the album. I would remove Lonely Heart. <laughs> It's a song that could be done by any number of R&B groups. Nothing really jumps out at me from the song. I don't think it really showcases their talents as well. And it just kind of drags for me. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What song would you remove? For me, it would be Simpin'. 
two reasons. I don't know what simping is. <laughs> but I'll hold that against them. But it sounds dirty and kind of weird. Uh-huh. So unless I'm missing something. <laughs> but second of all, it's that little horn. That little horn. That's all you can hear. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an earworm. And I want to get it out. There's a song by Aaliyah. Oh, with the baby? With the baby. Yeah. That's, that's what it reminds that's me of. That's all I can hear. Yeah. That freaking baby. Oh. <laughs> Let me pull it up. <laughs> That's all I hear. Isn't that? I think Timbaland produced that, didn't he? That sounds like a Timbaland produced. Yeah, because it's so creative. Yeah, man, that baby. God. <laughs> I can see that. Though. Yeah, that horn it is earworm. It's hard to get past that. Simping is. I uh, looked it up. It's oh, the act of begging or looking for sympathy, normally from a member of the opposite sex. I gotcha. The whole just get down on your knees and hands and lift begging. your eyebrows yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> but it really is that horn. The other thing that we like to do is to examine an album and think back to, and this is going to be easy, think back to high school. Yep. You've got your senior year, you've got your yearbook, and you have to pick a quote, mm-hmm. a senior year quote that goes under your picture. And it represents either the journey that you've been on, road that lies ahead, mm-hmm. or maybe just the big middle finger to yep. everyone around you. Yep. There's a lot of approaches you could take. So now it's time for your senior quote. This is the theme song that we use every week, so it's appropriate. Whenever we think about your senior quote and how it pertains to an album, I often like to think about it from you know where I am at that point in time. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's snarky, sometimes it's sentimental, but I want it to be true to who I was at that time as a high school senior. Okay. So I will tell you, it is not a lyric from uh ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not me then. The lyric that I would use for my senior quote would be from It's So Hard to Say Goodbye. Okay. And it would be, I don't know where this road is going to lead. All I know is where we've been and what we've been through. There you go. Yep. So, I'll bet that is a lot of senior quotes. I bet it was. Yeah. Circa <laughs> 91 awesome. to 95-ish. Yeah. What about you? What's your senior quote from Cooley High Harmony? It was tough. I was tempted from your love to do Let Your Smooth Body Take Control. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Because to be honest, on uh, first pass on the album, on the lyrics, I just thought, what am I going to say from this yeah, album? Yeah, that's, that's true. There's not a lot. At the end, high school was a good time. And so, jet black bins, plenty of friends, and all the Philly steaks you can eat. <laughs> Replace Philly cheesesteaks with steakums. Yeah. <laughs> More like old white Ford Escort, plenty of friends, and all the Slurpees you can drink. <laughs> Which, by the way... 7-Eleven's coming to Raleigh. I heard. Slurpees were a huge part of my childhood. We didn't have 7-Eleven's anywhere, I think, where I grew up. So yeah. uh, it's been this unicorn I've been seeking for it's, so yeah. long. I hope it holds up. But yeah. growing up, man, I mean, you had Slurpees several times a week. It was the thing. That's great. Yeah. Done middle school. Every morning we would have a break, probably about 10 a.m., mm-hmm. And we'd go to the cafeteria. It was like a 20, 30-minute break. We could get snacks at the time. Okay. And I would get, every morning... Uh, a two-pack of cream-filled Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, my gosh. And wash it down with raspberry slush puppy. Ugh. Yeah. This was in middle this, school? This was in middle school. Did you go to middle school at a gas station? <laughs> 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 Are you? Are you listening? Right now. 
thanks to all the finest work fans for listening again as it's fun to be back season six it's a joy to do this so thanks for listening check us out on our website finestworksongs.com you can engage with us on social media whether twitter and instagram at finestworksongs or on our facebook page get those emails coming for our kenny gmail segment finestworksongs at gmail.com and love to get that email so keep them coming in since we didn't get to review my favorite boys to mid song i'm gonna go ahead and uh, take us out on water runs dry